Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, okay. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Talk and Knicks. We got an exciting week of Knicks basketball. Knicks went 2-1 and one this week. Uh, I'm joined by some great co-hosts, Big Baby David, my brother Kenny, my friend Tom. Let's talk Knicks. All right. So let's, before we get into the, the Knicks, we got to talk about how, how we're all doing. Last week I forgot to do the how are you's until the middle of the podcast, which... I- I think that added to the podcast last week. We needed we need something to keep the viewers interested. Yeah, I think that it worked. And then we talked about Chipotle and whatnot. We barely even talked about the Knicks last week. But this okay. week, Knicks were over 500, so we'll be talking about the Knicks a lot. So, Big Davey David, how's your weekend? What have you been up to? I haven't seen you in a minute. Uh, I'm just doing okay. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Any any uh, weekend projects? Uh, I worked a basketball tournament today and again tomorrow. So there's a little weekend project. My neighbors are getting a little mad at me for playing my jazz too loud. <laughs> Such yeah. a jazz it's, head. It's funny every time. For, for those who have no idea what we're talking about, which I assume is most of you, <laughs> uh, there's an episode of a show called The Characters on Netflix. There's a Tim Robinson episode. It's worth watching. It's like I think you should leave, which is what we tell you to watch every <laughs> every day. Whenever there's a Knicks game on, just put on I think you should leave instead. <laughs> and this podcast would make more sense to you. Yeah. Kenny, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. Um, pretty nice weekend. Went to a nice steak dinner with my girlfriend Jenny and her, her father yesterday. Me and the parents, pretty big, uh, big time. Went bowling today. With the okay. parents again? Wow. No, no, you guys must have really hit it off. Yeah, yeah. We Things went, went well enough that, you know, like, you know what? We should do this again tomorrow at a bowling alley. Girlfriend so wasn't did. even there this time. Yeah. It was I just you and the dad bowling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's a little weird that you know that. I feel like you might be kind of stalking me. It's actually not that weird. We're brothers and we text Speaking each other. Speaking so. of stalking, I watched you this weekend. I watched seven <laughs> episodes. Oh, that's what I did. Oh, I the Netflix television program. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. No. <laughs> that, would been, that is also funny. It was like, yes, that is the definition of stalking. <laughs> yeah. So, Big Baby, <laughs> you, you, you watched you at season two. Yeah, I, I did it all in one sitting. That was a, a poor choice for health, but I had fun. It happens. Um, so I was talking to Tom pre-pod, and I watched the first seven episodes of season one because I've heard all this hype about season two. And I just, just uh, was after the seventh episode, I was like, okay, it's, I get it. And I just Googled what happens. And I was like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. So you Wait, so you only watched the first seven episodes of season one or your seven episodes into season two? Watched the first seven episodes of season one. 
Okay. And you I Googled didn't... the rest of that season or the rest yes, of the series? Yes, the rest of that season. Okay, okay. So I did, some, I did something kind of similar in that um, last year when season one like came out, I watched probably three episodes with my wife, Rose, and we were both like, this is kind of super cheesy, and we just weren't really vibing it. So I actually waited about a year and a half until Greg Googled what happened, and he just told me before the podcast. So now oh. I kind of now it's I kind of know to, what happens. It's a good way to watch. Yeah, it's I smart. highly recommend that. If you wait a year and a half, and then Greg tells you, it's efficient, yeah. <laughs> or, or it's very inefficient. I'm I'm not sure which. So, yeah. Would, yeah. based on your Google results, would you recommend watching the next three episodes in a season, or are you happy with where you stopped? I'm happy with where I stopped. I I didn't need to continue watching that show, but uh, no, I I, big I, Big Baby David liked it a lot. I mean, what did you think of season one? Did you really like season one? I just had I had a lot of fun with it. it reminded me of me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that's why I didn't like it because I was like, this is just an autobiography. <laughs> I'm living this and I'm watching this. Tom, how's your weekend? See, I didn't like it because it also reminded me of Big Baby David. So. <laughs> um. uh, your weekend or the show? Oh, my God. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. weekend was good. You, you know you know what I've been doing a lot recently? Kenny knows this because I tell I him every day. I don't think I want to hear about it. Rock climbing. I've, <laughs> I've been doing a lot of rock climbing at this climbing gym here in Fairfield. We're pretty much going every every day, almost every other day. And, uh, yeah, like for Christmas, a lot of my gifts were like rock climbing themed. I got shoes. I got chalk. I got, I got like a bunch of. I'm, I'm telling Not you, I'm, I'm like addicted to climbing up these rock walls. I can't stop doing it. I'm going tomorrow too. Out of context, is that the worst possible gift? Someone gives you chalk. <laughs> I was grateful. I keep tearing up my hands on these Not rock even a walls. Teacher. I, I got a pretty funny gift this Christmas. So our our, our dad gave us cash, and then. I just owed my dad that amount of cash plus fifty dollars, so I just gave it back to him. And then he he was like, uh, "Okay." <laughs> He's like, D- "Don't worry about the fifty dollars." And I was like, "Awesome." That's the Christmas gift. That's yeah. the so gift. technically, no I I got fifty more dollars than Kenny for Christmas. That's true. So that's that's what I'm telling. That, that's what this point of the story is. I got one more pair of pants than my brother got. So that's pretty <laughs> cool. Not a I joke. Mean, I mean, what is the number one and zero, or or is it? Uh, I got three pairs of pants. <laughs> he got two. See, that's, but, that is funny. But he got a hoodie. But I got socks as well. Um, and are, are these so, like hoodie guy? Are these like sweatpants? Are they chinos? Are they jeans? What kind of? Are these just like a just kind of a smattering of pants? Or, or what's uh, they're they're like pants that would fit the business casual uh, requirement. Good. Where does the hoodie fit in? Uh, uh, my dad just kind of threw that in and said, one of you gets this. And then he sure. said, well, you got uh, one more pair of pants than I did. So, All right, so, d- so who do you, who do you think won Christmas? <laughs> you or your brother? Um, wow. We established that Greg won Christmas at our Objectively, house. Objectively. I needed, I, the, I needed the pants way more than I would need a hoodie. So I would say as far as like fulfilling my needs. I I think just on that basis, uh, I, I won. Good, good to hear. Tom, who won Christmas at your house? You were 
Dave? I don't know. No, I won in a major way. And actually, the, my favorite gift I got was from my wife, Rose, who got me a, a digital rendering of my dog. And it's just like a, like a real lifelike cartoon <laughs> poster. It looks like um, something out of Disney Pixar. And it is, uh, it's pretty wild. So I, I think I won Christmas this year. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, is, what does that have to do with rock climbing? Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's the one gift that was not rock climbing related. But I liked all the gifts, guys. I mean, Good. It, yeah. Sh- should we, speaking of gifts, I don't know. Should, should we get to the Knicks? Wait, before, get- before we get to the Knicks, I just want a general announcement for all of our listeners. Um, if you robbed a car in New Haven this weekend, send me a DM. I might be willing to purchase the stuff that you stole from that car. That's all. <laughs> okay, Perfect. we did have a Merry Christmas. Dang. All right. I mean, when we get a, a four out of the five guys on the pod, we just got to catch up. Yeah. We could we could do this all That's day. True. But I guess we'll talk about the Knicks. Knicks went two and one this week. Their second two game winning streak of the season. Earlier this season, we said uh, we had the best week ever. Last time we went two and one. But this week was as good as that week, I think, because we also went 2-1. So we beat – or I guess I'll go in order. We lost to the Wizards, who were playing their uh, G League team as their starters, missing their entire team. Lost 121-115. Not a fun time. We beat our crosstown uh, – I'm not going to say rivals. We beat our Air crosstown Rose. team across town. 94-82 against the Nets. Nets were statistically the worst team to ever play basketball. We'll get into that details <laughs> of that later. Last game of the week, we avenged ourselves and beat the Wizards sans Bradley Beal. But, I mean, we didn't have Bradley Beal either, so it's fair in the end. <laughs> Knicks, Knicks win 107-100. <laughs> so, Big Baby David, where, where, where do you want to start? I think we should start at the beginning, naturally. Maybe I'll let Kenny field this one. Because he watched this game and only this game? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a fun time. Uh, I think like you said, and I think we, we were talking about on the side chat during the game, this was a, te- a game where the entire Wizards G League team nuwabed us, like guys we had never heard of. Uh, Gary Payton Jr., I'm pretty sure they said they signed like before the game because they didn't have enough players, and he went for a double-double. So one, one thing about that. Gary Payton the second, sorry. Gary Payton the second. <laughs> has a brother named Gary Payton Jr. They're two different people. Uh, is that so true or is that a joke? That's a fact. You could Google it. They were announcing it during the, the the second Wizards game, and they said he has Gary Payton has four kids: Gary Payton the second, Gary Payton Jr., and then they named two others who were which not one, named not named Gary. Which one's older, Gary Payton the second or Gary Payton Jr.? I don't know the answer to that. They didn't they didn't get specific. Which one uh, would you guess though? The second, the second whoa, whoa. has to be older, or else it's just numerically not correct. I yeah. think yeah, <laughs> no, no, that's a good point. I think the that's second a good point. is older based on the order of mentioning in this Wikipedia. The other two names are not <laughs> similar to Gary, though. All right, um, so it's not a George Foreman situation where he named all no. of his kids George. No, it yeah. is. It is sadly not one of those situations. Um, yeah, he has. Gary the second, Gary Jr., uh, Julian, and Raquel Payton. Okay. Lame. That's great. And then one last thing before we get back to this game. Lance Stevenson has a brother named Lance, spelled L-A-N-T-Z. 
You can look I that did, up I on did. Wikipedia. That's an objectively cooler spelling of the name Lance. So, Lance and Lance. All right, back to the game. Aren't, so, there, aren't there like a bunch? Of, all right, I was going to say there's a bunch more of those, and I know there's another like set of athletes who have a similar situation. But and that's what we'll talk about all next yeah. episode. But yeah, all right. <laughs> we'll 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 talk about the the wi- first Wizards game for a second. Uh, Gary, so Gary Payton the second was out there looking like a very good player. He had 10 points, 11 rebounds to go along with five or six assists and six steals. So he was five five blocks short of a five by five game. He had a four by five game, which is still pretty good. Uh, Bradley Beal put up 30 points, but it was on 38 shots, which isn't that good. Um, and I don't know. There was just a lot of players that I'd never heard of doing like big things. Uh, I didn't even, and this is how bad it was. T Brown Jr. I don't <laughs> know his. I, I don't. I don't even know his uh, first name. I that's think it's a, Trent. That's, that's Troy Brown. I was, guess, I was gonna guess Troy Brown, but I, I didn't thought it was Trent. Wrong. And I, I actually thought it Trent. was. I thought it was Troy Brown the second who did that. Oh, uh, now we gotta look it up. That's Troy. his older brother. Now we gotta look it up. <laughs> no, Troy Brown Jr. had. 26 points he had nine rebounds seven assists zero turnovers like really lit it up yeah um that was that was a tough look yeah i mean bottom line th- this game really did suck to watch this was the, the knicks in general were, were awful they didn't show up to play um after the game like all the announcers were asking the guys like what happened and, and just all the players said the same thing like we had a lousy shoot around we had no energy we came out flat like this this knicks team really walked in here thinking that they were going to to just coast. show up to coast and win and like this was a team that had won like s- seven games at i don't know like it's it's pretty confounding that they would have that attitude going into this one but they did and uh yeah this was this was a really brutal watch i don't want to spend too much time on this that's why i wanted to recap it quickly yeah and i mean i had i had one more thing i was going to say before tom hijacked the mic um so this game the Knicks played so poorly that the Wizards shot 47% from the field, not that bad. 33% from three, not great. And 56.7% from the free throw line and still <laughs> one by six. And so along with that free throw line, the, the, the Wizards shot 30 free throws and Nick shot 15, which was kind of a trend in the other Wizards game as well. So so the Wizards, the Wizards made shot 56.7% from the free throw line and made more free throws than the Knicks attempted and then yeah it's not good in the next defense of this game they were missing marcus morris who was out that's just with a sore achilles um and he's been our best player to date until this week when uh julius randall has decided to put up a fight to to claim his expected spot as the next best player so i'm sure we'll get into that but um I mean, missing Marcus Morris isn't really an excuse since the other team was missing seven people or eight think, people. Seven of their eight top scorers. Yeah. yeah. So it's very. I mean, I, I think quickly we should highlight the, the people who played well in the, the Knicks. Randall at 35 points. Uh, Barrett had 18 and six rebounds, four assists. And uh, Damian Dotson was. You know, putting up a fight, and he hit a bunch of threes in, I think it was the third quarter maybe, um, and he had 19 points on 5 of 10 from 3 and 7 of 13 from the field. Yeah, and Trier also got some burn. He 
played yep. 20 minutes in this game. You haven't seen that from him recently. And then, uh, then only he only 10 minutes out of Frank, which is kind of a bummer. I mean, depending on how you feel about Frank. Um, but I feel like this pod has generally been positive towards him. So I don't know. 10 minutes from him was was not great to see, especially given like some of these no name guys who are lighting us up. You th- would have thought uh his his defense would have been appreciated but i will say we'll get to it in the second wizards game but ish smith was blowing by frank regularly that was weird i did i did not expect it but uh i don't, don't want to skip over the brooklyn game yet well ish smith against the knicks is consistently the greatest basketball player who's ever lived so he's one of those mcconnell nuaba guys yeah it very well could be called ish smithing us <laughs> fair fair enough it's doesn't have the ring though. Yeah. But speaking no. of Nwaba, speaking of Nwaba, I'll move on to this next game where we beat the Nets, 82-94. Nwaba was a contributor on the Nets. He's out for the season, unfortunately. Um, fortunately for us, unfortunately for him. So, the Knicks win this game, 94-82. Start the game out of the first quarter, winning 24-15. to This game. Though the Knicks won was just tough on the eyes. The Nets shot 26.9% from the field. They made eight two-point field goals, which the announcer said was the least in the three-point field goal era. So that was like 79, 80. And since it was least in that, I would have to assume it's probably the least ever. Because before that time, they would only be making two-point field goals. It's so harder. <laughs> exactly. So, we win this game. Knicks shoot 40% from the field compared to the 26.9 for the Nets. Again, just absolutely destroyed at the free throw line. Nets shoot 27 for 36. Knicks shoot 11 for 15. I don't know what's going on. Maybe we'll we'll talk about that later, figure out whether there's such high free throw disparities between these teams. But, Tom, what did you see in this one? This was a good game by the, by the, from the vantage point that we won. Yeah, uh, I mean, Randall, really the starters in general were absolutely dominant. Even if you're just looking at the the plus-minus figures, like Randall was plus 25, Barrett plus 20, Alfred Payton plus 25, Marcus Morris plus 17. Um, And then so so Taj didn't get that many minutes. It was really Mitchell Robinson getting those starters' minutes, Mm. um, which is great to see. You you definitely want to see Mitch being able to do that. He played 28 minutes. He only had two personal fouls, which was a huge highlight for me. That is definitely something I'm looking for. But in general, I mean, the story this week and this game was Julius Randle. He had 33 points on super efficient shooting. He was 5 of 9 from 3. Um, I, I guess we can we can talk a little bit more about that, whether that's sustainable or not. But he had 8 boards, a couple assists. And in general, just the, the Nets had no answer for him. They, they had no idea what to do with him. He's just been so physical, and he's also been hitting his mid-range jumpers. So, I mean, basically he's hitting from everywhere, right? He's hitting mid-range, hitting from three, and he's really looked a lot like the player that we were hoping we'd get when we signed him. So that's that's all exciting. It's making us eat our words because I feel like we are a little negative on Randall to begin the year for good reason, but still. Yeah, he deserved it. Yeah, and he's also been dishing a little. Only two assists in this game, like you mentioned, but he's definitely been looking to pass more, maybe even to his detriment at times. And I'm sure we'll we'll get into some Randall chat later. But Big Baby David, you watch this one? You got any insight? I did watch this one. Um, again, not not a whole lot more to add. Julius Randle 
is the main takeaway, uh, as he was in kind of all three games, if you're looking for positives. Um, just, yeah, contributing all over the place. Uh, not turning the ball over as much. Only two turnovers in this one. That might have been like his high for the week. Uh, actually, I think in the Wizards game, he got three. But whatever. Um, other than that, it's just kind of not a whole lot of like explicitly bad things as far as complete games from guys, which is the reason they beat the Nets, who played the worst game ever. And Dave, yeah. the one I would point to though is R.J. Barrett, who finished uh, two of ten from the field, and and uh, in general, he just he looked out of rhythm all night. Like he was missing shots that he he almost always hits. Like especially around the basket, he was just kind of flinging them towards the rim, and and usually he has a little bit more touch. Um, even like on the left side of the basket, when he was going to his left, he was still had just nothing going for him. So um, yeah. that was and one kind of discouraging thing. And no free throw attempts from him. Uh, and even though he's not, he, we, his main the main criticism we have of him is that he's not a great free throw shooter. He has been more uh, pretty adept at getting to the line this season, even though he's not converting as many of those shots as we like. And uh, one thing that I want to throw in, and you guys might have already mentioned it, and because sometimes I I'm not listening completely when I'm looking at stats. Um, did we talk about Mitch Robb's alley-oop from, from Frank? Not yet. That was that's, all, game. that's all I want to talk about because it was uh, – I, I, like I like to give Frank as much love as I can, but it wasn't a great pass. Um, he threw up an alley-oop, and it was kind of behind Mitchell Robinson, and Mitchell Robinson just one-handed grabbed it and yammed it. Like a very – like one of the nicer alley-oops I've seen definitely this season, so – if yeah, like how it, many check that out. how many guys in the league can even finish that play like Mitch did? Like they're they're I very few. Yeah, I can't name many. A young it was like a young DeAndre Jordan type thing. Like Yeah, I not anymore, DeAndre, right? Yeah, I don't think DeAndre Jordan can do that anymore, but when he was younger I, oh, I yeah. feel like maybe DeAndre Ayton could, but uh, maybe not when he's off the steroids. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, Tom. <laughs> Tom certain controversy. <laughs> but in general, like it is good to point that out because Frank, in general, was pretty rough in this one. He was one of five from the field in 14 minutes, had just the one assist, even though it was a spectacular one. But I don't know, he wasn't that impactful again. And and I, I don't know, that's just he had five fouls, so that like really limited his time and and his aggressiveness too. And I wanna I wanna counter that because while I didn't watch this game, I did I did get into you know a bunch of the articles and stuff. And some people were giving him some credit for slowing down Dinwiddie it, between him and Alfred Payton because uh, Dinwiddie went 5 for 15. Still scored 25 points, but very inefficiently. <laughs> uh, five turnovers. God. You kidding me? I, want, I didn't watch the game, but I want to counter that Frank was not bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I just. That's what I just heard here. Well, a lot of uh, you know that a lot yeah, of fouls on Frank, like because Frank had five fouls, and that's what kind of led to Dimwitty's points, where they were almost all at the line. Um, and so yeah. I don't know that he really did such a good job. I, again, he only played 14 minutes in, in so, total. So he started. He hit his first three of the game, and then he didn't hit another shot after that. But he was playing with a lot of confidence, which is good. It's what you like to see. But unfortunately, the ball wasn't going in the hoop, so it was like. I like to see this, but I would like to see the ball going in. So it was, it was, it was interesting. It was half and half, half good, half bad. But it was I mean, all all bad because they didn't go in. Yeah, and I mean, you guys know I'm a blind Frank defender, and this time literally. Yeah, <laughs> we appreciate that. We we need that guy. 
And uh, another thing I wanted to bring up was DeAndre Jordan, which was on the other team. And so he was playing against Mitch Robb, and Mitch Robb uh, was, was giving him the business. He, Mitch Robb looked very good. Uh, it seemed like DeAndre Jordan regretted teaching everything to Mitchell Robinson last season. He had very little foresight. Yeah, Robinson's definitely the type of player that DeAndre Jordan would struggle with because at this point in in Jordan's career, he's kind of like checked out from an effort perspective. He's like so like lackadaisical out there, but Mitch Rob is such a high motor and he just tries so hard the whole time and that's kind of like what leads to his fouls too, but it's also what makes him such a handful. He goes after every offensive board and he's just super aggressive and i'm sure yeah. it was and the fun, a nightmare DeAndre, for, like, DeAndre jordan wanted well nothing to do with that years. he wanted I mean, to be somewhere else entirely over a 20 million dollar so contract he, he absolutely from the dominated DeAndre that jordan inherited in that trade now he's got this four-year 40 million dollar contract and he just i don't know what he does he just grabs rebounds and but he doesn't even try to grab rebounds he just does it he's <laughs> tall because <laughs> And every time they show him, like, at the free throw line, he's always just cracking up at something. He's always just laughing so hard. At, like like he, he looks like he's having the time of his life just <laughs> and just not trying very hard doing it. And I, I love it. I, I want that career. Good. Yeah, he definitely would have preferred hanging <laughs> That's out. That's my father. He is uh, living Kyrie the dream right now. He couldn't be happier now that he's retired. Game. Oh. Another talking point. That was very funny. Yeah, I think the Knicks were winning by a, a decent chunk. At that point in time, and they they did a shot of yep. the iconic Kyrie photo. and KD sitting on the bench and just not looking happy. <laughs> iconic, yeah. It was made for memes of of people saying like when you choose the wrong team or something. I don't know that I saw that specific and meme, it, but and it made us happy. That's the general aura of what everyone was getting at. And last thing about this game, this game was kind of like a blowout ish, not entirely, but the Knicks were up eighteen. To start the fourth quarter, and you always like you were always worried that the Nets were about to make their run, but it never came. Like it only got to like 14. It didn't get down to the single digits again. The Nets, the Knicks were still up 18 with two minutes 11 seconds left. So that entire fourth quarter, you were really just rooting for the clock to run out because you don't trust this Knicks right. team. Rightfully so, after the loss to the Wizards, <laughs> and without their seven of their eight best players. But fortunately for us, we played the Wizards again without seven of their eight best players again, but without their best player this time. And that leads to the Knicks winning 107-100. And that leads to the Knicks' second winning streak of the season. So who wants to, who wants to cover this one? Big Baby David? Let's see. The Washington Wizards threw out a starting lineup of Troy Brown Jr., Jonathan Williams, uh, Jan Mahini, uh, Isaiah Thomas was was back in the mix, and uh, and then Gary Payton the second, who this was his third game since being called <laughs> up from the G League. Already uh, starting. We gave him all the confidence in the world, so now he can start. Um, but you know, in this game, they did finally silence Pasek sneaks. So, <laughs> I was I was gonna mention his name in my recap of the last Wizards game, but I couldn't say it. So I'm glad that you yeah. Could. So I mean that's a guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I know it ends in an eeks. It's fun to say. I assume 
Yeah, none I, of us I don't know. have a guess on that first name. It's got uh, an N and a Z and a J and an S like next to each other. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, Anzis, <laughs> Anzis. I don't know. I guess I don't know. I think that was another thing that I sent to the group chat that like we're getting Nuabed by a, ga- a guy whose name I can't pronounce. Yeah. <laughs> good, good for him. I mean, but we silenced him as you mentioned. Julius Randle again in this one. Right. Great, his third thirty-point game of the season or of the week. All thirty thirty plus in all all games this week. He cut it close. He had two free throws, um, in the final minute to to get to that mark. So he's finally able to hit clutch free throws, turn in the corner. At 30-16-6, unfortunately, the turnovers came back. He had five turnovers. He does a lot of uh, jumping or driving through the lane and just jumping in the air and then deciding who he wants to pass the ball to. He does that. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it goes awry. But we won the game, so I I can't complain. I don't know if anyone else wants to talk about Julius Randle, Tom, maybe. I mean, the the thing that you just pointed out about him, like, driving into the lane and jumping and passing is it's such – it's so on point because he does it, like, all the time. And uh, I don't know. It, it's like – Sometimes it just really works out for him. Like when he jumps, it forces the defense to commit to him in one way or another. Because because Randall is athletic enough where like he he'll do this thing where he'll like look to pass, then look to shoot, then look to pass again, like all while in the air. And uh, because his his shots are so unorthodox as the, as it is, like he he makes some really bizarre ones where like his arms cock back and he just kind of like flings it at the backboard and he, it's it's pretty impressive, but. On some nights, that that strategy doesn't work out, and they'll lead to to the five turnovers, um, and turnovers were were really the story of this one, like we mentioned a little bit. But Alfred Payton's six, and um, in general, like twenty one turnovers is is just far too many. So you, you hope that they clean it up a little bit. Uh, just just looking at, I I always look at just like Frank's just to see how uh, how he's progressing. He played if seventeen could, minutes in this I one. Just in. I, I just wonder like how he's doing though. under Mike Miller. I mean, he scored eight it, points. Um, certainly, his, like his best minutes have gone week. down pretty significantly. Yeah, yeah he, he scored so, eight points mostly yeah. on five of five free throw shooting. He hit a three, but he also had four rebounds and five assists in in just the seventeen minutes. So extrapolate that. Yeah, I mean, he also had four fouls um, in those 17 minutes. But also, like, the the five free throws, they weren't all because he was, like, driving to the rim. He had one really nice drive that I uh, that I tweeted out because it was just such an anomaly. He was so aggressive in that fourth quarter. He took a, took a really strong drive to the basket. But beyond that, like, he took a technical foul. I think he took uh, – did he take a defensive three seconds foul? I forget. But he also um, – he also got fouled like when the when the Wizards were in the bonus, I guess, and and so it was like it was like a non-shooting foul that turned into a one and one. So it's not like Frank's free throws were indicative of him being super aggressive either. And I guess that's that's another thing. I'm just I'm I'm keeping an eye on it that because I don't think Frank has has looked particularly strong under Miller. And and it worries me a little bit how like 
seemingly everybody is playing better under Mike Miller, and the team is obviously much better. They've already won double the games Fizdale won and half the total games played. Um, but right, yeah. what? Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Um, and or just like just one more game on an individual than, than basis won, is right? playing considerably better, except for Frank under. Yep. Miller, so that's I would I would argue that DSJ is also playing the same. Poorly. He's playing the same, but he's been as bad as we could imagine all year, regardless. So yeah. I kind of just don't think about him. He doesn't matter. I at would all. I w- Nobody should feel upset. I would Bubble. say that he pl- he's been playing better because he's not been playing. <laughs> it's it's he's felt like he's positive. been out of the rotation. Well, he's neutral too. now, whereas previously yeah. he was he was a negative. He's doing great. Keep it up, DSJ. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll get into rumors of, of his trade request after this. But, I mean, I we'll, we'll finish that. this one up. Marcus Morris, um, only 10 points on two of nine shooting, but he was it felt like he was pretty clutch, doing well. Um, he, he came up when it mattered. Another thing, Alonzo Trier played seven minutes in this game, all in the fourth quarter, which was... <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> it was like... Uh, I don't know. It was like the Knicks needed something. Man, that didn't make any sense. (laughs) What was happening? Mike Green, I remember being like, Lonzo Trier's in the game. (laughs) It's bad to say him or Clyde had had some line. They're just like, yeah, I mean, I don't know why they expect him to do well right now. It's not (laughs) in any sort of rhythm. Yep. On the same possession, right? It, it really put him in a position to fail, I thought, and like he was just zero to two from from the field, and both of those were three pointers. But like, but like we said, like, yeah, but but like we said, like Frank was actually playing it's, pretty well. I, I mean, it's not like Frank was, was playing very poorly, right? Like he could have gone in that place. Maybe they just felt like they needed some threat of shooting out there. He's coming off a, but a DNP CD against I don't know the, the Nets, that. and then he gets point put in. In a, into a one-point game against the Wizards in the fourth quarter, not having played in the first three quarters. <laughs> in crunch time, that's crazy. Like I don't know. Like I, they won, so we're gonna give Mike Miller the, uh, you know, get out of jail free card or whatever. It but does like seem that like was just uh, the organizational if that didn't go well, like in the rare, we'd all be looking at that. Like, what was he thinking? What kind of a move is that to make? It's it very strange. The focal point of the offense, and uh, that's just the rule. And if you don't like it, you're out of here. <laughs> you guys think he called his old number, own number? <laughs> like Mike Miller turned his back for a second, and Zoe was like, "I got this." Something happened. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know yeah. about it. It's very, very interesting experience. Um, I, I was just complaining the about the rule. Win this one. Just the Knicks got up by 14, I think, <laughs> at one point late in the third, and then the Nets just went – or the, the – sorry, the Wizards just won a 12-0 run, and then it was back to a two-point game or a one-point game. And it was just, it was a terrible experience. It was what you would expect from the Knicks team. Somehow they, they managed to not fully fold, and they, they finished off the game, and they won this one. Which was good, but they they I was they made you sweat again. I think they built up a good lead in the first half, then blew it. Built up a good lead in the second half, then blew it. Mm-hmm. Built up a, a moderate lead. 
enough to win the game. And then the clock ran out, fortunately. Ran out before they could ruin it. Yeah, we root for the clock to run out, and we root for the Knicks. Yep. In in that order. It doesn't doesn't matter <laughs> if we can winning ask. or losing. My first priority is making sure this game has ended. Regardless. <laughs> God, if we're losing by 30, you really want it to end. But if you're you're up, you you really want it to end. <laughs> so, it's an interesting experience. It's, it's an interesting existence, really. So I mean, I I think we've <laughs> talked about everything in the in the. Can I can I jump in with just one one thing that's more Wizards related? But we we've we played them twice this week, so this is two thirds talking Wizards. Did you guys see what uh, Isaiah Thomas got suspended for? I did. Yeah. Did you? I did. So like, I thought I thought that was kind of weak, but like I get it. So I, I, for for you listeners who don't know, yes, uh, some people were some fans at a game were heckling him, saying some inappropriate stuff, and he calmly went into the crowd and talked to the guys, and then he left, and he got suspended for two games for confronting. Conf- air quotes confronting the fans uh but i guess since the malice in the palace they don't let you do that so i thought that was kind of lame nba was like hey that's not allowed (laughs) (laughs) yeah walt walt was uh Saying it was kind of soft, yeah, it was IT to go up there. Yeah, right. Like that sounds right. Walt Frazier was, was like, funny because Mike day, Breen was like, you know, a lot of teams like, used to have a crazy fan. We're like, okay, like, that's that sounds true. That sounds true. Be very creative and yell creative things, and not be inappropriate. And then Clyde was just like, yeah, when I when I, back in my day, it was very inappropriate. <laughs> and they got they would sit right behind the bench. <laughs> Well, the guys, sure. they just wanted Frosties, and, you know, it's a child as <laughs> old as time. The guys in, in Clyde's day just wanted Frosties after the game as well. Yeah. That's yeah, why absolutely. they yelled bad things. Yeah. Uh, uh, one, one more Wizards note. Um, that second Wizards game served, Nothing's a changed. Bit, served a bit as another Bobby Portis revenge game. 17 points on 8 of 12 in 20 minutes. Um, yeah. Good game, Bobby Portis. That's... Crazy uh, eyes. And we like when he does. He, I think he had nine in his first stint on the court in the first and second quarter. Uh, Mike or er, Clyde, when he came out, he said Clyde was questioning that decision. He said, "You don't get tired when you're making baskets," <laughs> which I thought was good. That's true. It's good. I like that. But then he sat, and the Knicks eventually won. So it all worked out. It was like Alonzo Trier playing in the fourth quarter. We can't question it because it worked. So. Uh, I guess we'll just move on to some topics. Julius Randle, best player ever. What is, yes. We'll, I guess we'll just briefly – I mean, as much as we've touched on it already, let's just definitively make it the Fully do point. the conversation. Yeah, and we've seen Julius Randle. As Tom mentioned, we've complained more than our fair share about Julius Randle, as have all Knicks fans. But this week he put up 30 in all three games, and he looked good. Some turnovers in one game, but for the most part, not forcing it. And when he's making his three, obviously he's better. I guess you could say that about any basketball player. But what did you guys think? Anybody? I, I mean, first of all, I just don't know that like 
the way he's being used in the offense is all that much different than how Fisdale used him. Like he's still getting a lot of ISO looks. He's still posting up a lot, um, which is fine. Like he's also just making his shots. And I just wonder, uh, like you, you go on Nick's Twitter and, and you hear people theorize, like especially a lot of people who are very anti Fisdale, they're saying that like, yes, we're still putting Randall in ISOs, but it's, it's in a better situation it's in lineups that have spacing it's like after some action has has like opened up the the floor for randall to to do his isos um and some of that's true but for the most part i think that like his scoring has been a little unsustainable he's hitting a lot of those like fadeaway 15 footers sometimes with a hand in his face and like those are tough looks but he's been making them pretty consistently over the last week and a half or so and and his three ball, I just I don't know about you guys. But every time he lets one fly, I'm like, oh, that's gonna hit off only backboard. Like, uh, <laughs> it, it uh, does not look good. It doesn't. Sure. And like that, he's been making them recently has been great, and I root for it. I just don't know how sustainable it is, and I I don't know. I think that the real player is somewhere in between how he was under Fizdale and how he's been under Mike Miller. I think the the truth is somewhere in between there. Then I just want to get sidetracked for one quick second. I know there's a play in one of these games, uh, the Nets or the second Wizards game, when the, they, they went zone, the other team. And Mike Breen or Clyde was like, let's see if they could ju- shoot him out of the zone. <coughs> Ball got to Alfred Payton in the corner, and he <laughs> shot it off the side of the backboard. <laughs> Wide open in the corner. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> All right. I mean, back to, back to whatever we're talking about. Julius Randall. I don't know if anyone else wants to pitch in their two cents. So, and I think he also this week the the 16 rebounds was the a season high for sure. It wasn't a career high, right? He's uh he's probably grabbed more than that. He probably yeah, had a 20 rebound game at some point. Yeah, he's uh he's a big time rebounder. But the other thing is this week he shot extremely well from the free throw line, which I don't know if you guys remember. You know, early in the season he was shooting like around 60, maybe under 60% from the free throw line. In 22 games with Fizdale, he shot 66% at the line. Uh, Since Miller's taken over, it's jumped up to just under 78%. That's pretty good. It's about where he's been like his whole career. And this week he shot 93.8% in the three games. So I think it was 15 for 17 or something like that. 15 for 16. Sounds good. And it's just like people wanting to like point to Miller as the sole reason for why Randall has been better and like why he was so bad in her Fisdale. Like you look at the free throw discrepancy there and you're like, I don't know that Miller gets all the credit for those made free throws. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like, you actually have to make it into the hoop. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not even trying to defend Fisdale. I'm just saying that like that some of this stuff has been not coaching related as well. Um, while some of it has uh, also been coaching related, but it's a it's a balance of the two. All you yeah. got to do the, is all you got to do is skate better. <laughs> with the the free throw thing, um, a lot of it I'm sure like just has to be him regressing to the mean. Um, just because like his whole career he's been like low to mid seventies at the free throw line, uh, just going year by year. Uh, 71, 72, 72, 73. So he was shooting 65. I'm guessing he didn't change anything. It's just they didn't go in for 22 games, and now just mathematically they had to start going in a little bit. 
So yeah. it's, it's just evening and back out a bit. The you one must. thing, the one thing I will say that we can't really account for between Fisdale and uh, and Mike Miller that we don't really know about is like a lot of, a lot of shooting. I think is just about confidence, and to the extent that you know Julius Randle didn't have confidence under under uh, Fisdale, maybe just the shakeup, regardless of who came in and replaced him, like gave him a little, you know, weight off his back to just kind of do his thing more and and not have to worry, but. That's pure speculation. No idea, really. Good. I think I think we've covered Julius Randle, and we hope he keeps it up. Um, it's been fun seeing a person score 30 points in a row. They said it's the first time someone scored 30 points in a row three times since. Do you guys know the answer to this one? Since last season. Last season, it was Tim Hardaway Jr. He did that. <laughs> Who knew? And, and I'm guessing he, he was the last since Mello, right? Is that Probably. I think they had said there's like three people in the last five years, so like the other one had to be Mellow. Yeah, I think that's right. I just couldn't believe what, when they said Tim Hardaway. <laughs> right, I was that. pretty surprised. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, I guess that implies that, that Porzingis never did yeah, it. Yeah, so that's cool. <laughs> I mean, that means I have to imagine that in those three games, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. shot 40 shots in each game. And the yeah, Knicks probably yeah. lost all three of those games. So. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> They only won 17 last year total, so odds are pretty good that they lost them all. There are some fun stats with uh, Randall over the last stretch and Porzingis. I don't know if we want to get into it and talk about him because I don't think it means that the trade was good. Um, But, like, their numbers are kind of the same, but one of them is being used to say the Knicks are the dumbest uh, franchise ever and why'd they sign Julius Randle to that and the other guy is having a slightly worse line over the last month but this past month has been the most like can't believe the Knicks gave up him for essentially nothing because Dennis Smith sucks so <laughs> we'll get in we'll get we into we got that. the picks we got the picks the picks and we just need the Mavs to not be good anymore next season all right, guys. I have I have the lines for those three thirty-point games. It was November sixteenth to to the twentieth last year, New Orleans, Orlando, Portland. We lost all three games. Oh. And Shit. his shooting lines were nine for twenty-three, <laughs> nine for twenty, and ten for twenty-one. Those are, those are pretty good, actually. Those are actually not that yeah, bad. He probably took a lot of threes, too. So that, those actually aren't that bad. But even so then, we we got, we should get him back. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> Is he available? For third, third time. Do you think they'll take two firsts in Dennis Smith Jr.? <laughs> For Tim Hardaway? <laughs> Courtney Lee? You could keep Porzingis this time. We just want our, we we just just want our wanna, guys back. Yeah, we want to we wanna offload this uh, Dennis Smith Jr. contract. <laughs> All right, and I think that's the perfect transition to Dennis Smith Jr. Maybe has requested a trade. We don't. I I have never. I have no idea whose Twitter account is true and whose is not true. But I just you know I just tell you everything, and just assume it's all true. So Dennis <laughs> Smith Jr. Apparently requested a trade. Maybe. What do you think he's worth, Tom? Nothing. Second. Maybe. I mean, this is a hundred percent the lowest. You could possibly sell on DSJ. Um, I mean, I don't know. Is he worth a second? He's. Po- 
It's it's hard to say. I I don't know. Like what what type of team would even be looking to bring that him is on? Is it like question. the Orlando Magic? Is is it just like oh, I heard the Minnesota Timberwolves are interested? Um, so what would the Timberwolves give up? Probably a second. Yeah, I think it it comes into who else is included in the deal. Are the Knicks taking back money and are the Knicks packaging somebody else? Trier, Portis, somebody. I don't know. I'm just trying to think like in a vacuum, what is he worth? Yeah, in a vacuum, he's worth a top 55 protected second. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. He's, I mean, like you said, so, it's it. He's at his all-time low. Um, he's but he's only got one year left on his contract. Then he's a restricted free agent. And then, what would you pay him? At that point, I don't. Even if you wanted to pay him, you would have to watch him play basketball for a whole nother year before that even came up. So. Despite the low somebody, value, maybe. I saw somebody who uh, who made the the comment that maybe the Knicks would trade him to uh, to Minnesota because they're a team that's reportedly expressed interest, uh, and you send him there for whatever, and then uh, you trade all the vets for for you know late firsts, some seconds, uh, and then when he's in Minnesota, he pisses off Carl Anthony Towns so much, uh, just because of the way Dennis Smith is mm-hmm. that uh, Carl <laughs> Anthony Towns demands a trade away from the Timberwolves. And now we have uh, a bunch of, you know, a bunch of picks of, of varying quality. And uh, because Towns has now become toxic because of Smith, it's really cheap. You only, you only got to give up like a few of those, you know, late first round picks and you got them. Playing 3D chess here. I don't care. Like he doesn't. He has a bad attitude. He doesn't really try that hard. He doesn't play defense. Like I'm. I'm done with Dennis Smith Jr. We, we we could get nothing. We could get nothing back for him. It doesn't. Yeah, it's a sunk cost. Tom, it's a it's a sunk Tom. cost. Tom, <laughs> Tom, you came in There's second your answer. in the dunk contest. You guys not care? <laughs> no. <laughs> Silence. You guys, you guys should really see the stares that everyone just gave me when I made that <laughs> comment because it was just a lot of anger behind those eyes. Uh, and I'm going to throw out that while Greg believes everything that he reads, I believe absolutely nothing I read unless it comes from Sham or Woj. Um, so, like, people said that DSJ asked for to be traded, Marcus Morris asked to be traded, Frank asked to be traded. But like, I don't know who any of these people are, and they're not Shams and they're not Woj. So, like. I don't believe him. That's fair That's enough. Fair enough. And um, on the on the Marcus Morris point, he was also the guy like who like two weeks ago, three weeks ago said he was made for New York and he doesn't want to get traded. So maybe he changed his mind or maybe this is all made up. I think the funny thing is I saw a tweet that said Marcus <laughs> Morris and Frank wanted to be traded and I decided that that wasn't true. But then I saw one that Dennis Smith Jr. wanted to be traded and I was like, That's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's probably I true. forget, I forget which of you said it in the group chat, but we sent the Dennis Smith. I might have asked for a trade thing, and one of one of you said, "Yeah, we also don't want you." <laughs> <laughs> we also asked for a trade for Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Um, I think my last topic before we get on to awards for Jake. 
Jake wants to know if the Knicks continue to be like a 500 team for the rest of the season. They're five and six with Mike Miller, four and 18 with Fizdale. If the Knicks just play 500 basketball the rest of the season, is is Mike Miller? I mean, obviously he wouldn't win Coach of the Award, Coach of the Year Award, but would you think about it? Five and six from a team that was four and eighteen. Obviously, they've had a softer stretch of the schedule. I mean, they beat the Nets, who were sixteen and thirteen coming into the game. I don't know that that the Nets aren't really a powerhouse, but you're beating a, hey, a playoff have, team. They have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And yeah, and Zion probably. <laughs> DeAndre Jordan. They got a powerhouse over there. I, so, I, I, I mean, mean I, like I said, not gonna happen. But. Would you? You'd have to give him a lot of credit. I, I'd like to point out that I mean, Mike Miller came from the G League, won G League Coach of the Year, and to bring it full circle, earlier this week he lost to a G League team. So, like, pump the brakes a little bit. I think. Uh, I think what BBD said earlier about uh, Julius Randle's free throws is also coming to fruition. Like is a little bit of a regression to the mean that the Knicks were not as bad as their record was. And they had players who were all kind of playing worse. And, you know, I, from the beginning of the season was saying that they weren't as bad as they were, they were, and it was going to take them some time to gel. I didn't think it would take them that long. I think, but I do think that, you know, a part of his success has been that, you know, the team starting to come together more. So no, no knock on him, but like, Maybe if he was better than 500, I'd consider it, but 500 seems like a reasonable, like, we, we were guessing them to be a 30-win team, so that's like three out of every five, so. But they were four, they were four and 18, though. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't know that now. Mike Miller, I don't know that Miller deserves that much credit for how bad Fisdale was. Like, he was a terrible head coach, and uh, that <laughs> was very evident as we were watching and, you know, Mike Miller has brought them back to kind of where they should be. But I don't know that that's like a coaching feat. I don't know. I'm still curious, like, how good Miller actually is. He still does some stuff that I'm like, I don't know about that. So, is that uh, Alonzo Trier? It's a little bit. There's some of that. There's definitely some Trier in there. But uh, and we'll, we'll see. There, I... There's still, like, a lot of, like, we, we, uh, we look at, like, after timeout plays a lot. And, um it's just a lot of ISOs and, and stuff that we used to criticize Fizdale for. The difference is the Knicks are making them now. It's like, we'll, we'll see. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm still holding out a little bit. Yeah, and I think um, you and I talked about it a little bit, and we talked about it a little bit on this podcast, but um, Frank hasn't been playing particularly well, but I still find it completely inexcusable that Dennis Smith Jr., who was playing even worse, was getting like they were getting equal minutes to kind of see what was going on until Dennis Smith Jr. was out this last week, uh, I believe, with an injury. I mean, Frank was pretty bad in in his defense. I know Dennis Smith Jr. was worse, but you know, it wasn't one of it them. Also, was we're not talking about like get run. Yeah, we're not talking about like a lot of minutes for both of them. And now, and now, now he's realized the error in his ways. And when I say like I'm still a little out on Miller, it's it's not that I don't recognize that Fizdale was a worse coach. Like he's definitely he's he's leaps and bounds better than Fizdale was as a head coach. It's just that's not a high bar to clear. And I I just 
am a little I just need to see more before I think that like Miller has all the answers or he's the the guy that for, for this team going forward um so yeah. so we'll see we will see and going yeah. with that I think it's uh, I Tom just kind of brought this thought to my head but I think it's less about the record than what we see him actually do with the players because I think eventually they were going to win some games but like if he is still doing kind of weird Hornacek lineups at times then I don't know how I'm going to feel about that but if he's doing things that I think are are good for a basketball team then I I think I'd like that even if uh, the the results aren't there necessarily right to answer the uh the question Jake posed I guess I think the best case scenario for Mike Miller in this in this conversation would be like, you know, the Knicks get to whatever thirty wins after being four and eighteen, whatever the number was. Um, is when they have those conversations at the end of the year where they're talking about coach of the year candidates, one of the people on the panel will just be like, "Hey, maybe you should think about Mike Miller. He got those sorry Knicks to thirty wins, and then that'll that'll be as far as he gets and as far as actually being considered." But yeah, and probably at that point it may be Jake on the panel. Yeah, that's true. And I think that the Knicks kind of could benefit from having not a flashy hire because they always go for the flashy guy, and it never works out. Um, and you know, I feel like some of the other guys that they might go for that I'm not really a big fan of, particularly like everyone always talks about Mark Jackson, but he's a psycho. <laughs> and I don't think he's a good coach. And every time there's an opening for the next job, which is like every other year, people bring up Patrick Ewing Jr. But we can't do that because I don't want to hate Patrick Ewing Jr. like I do every single other Knicks coach. So those are my pa- two kind of Patrick thing. Ewing Jr. or Patrick. Sorry, Ewing? Patrick Ewing. Sorry, yeah, not Patrick Ewing Jr. Patrick he's Ewing. Nev- Patrick Ewing's never been confused for Patrick Ewing Jr. before. No, that's this true. Is the, this is the first time. I mean, they have the same name. I was just – we've talked about a lot of juniors and a lot of the seconds, and it's just gotten confusing, so my bad. He's going to be pretty upset when he hears that. (laughs) I'd be cool if we traded DSJ for a junior round pick. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's fair. I think we'll (laughs) – so so we'll we'll say, sorry, Jake, we don't think Mike Miller's going to win coach of the year. Jake, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, I think we could get some quick awards, and I'll start. New best player on the team award goes <laughs> to Julius Randle. Uh, we, we we talked about it a little bit already, but he just had a good week, three 30-point games. I mean, he's the guy that we signed to the two-year deal with the team option for the third, $63 million. He can make the most money on the team. Therefore, that means they planned for him to be the best player. So for at least one week in time. A brief moment in time, he he showed us what he could do and led us to two wins and a loss against a team with seven of their eight best players missing. So, who's up next? Crap, you took mine. Uh, It was an easy one. That's why I had to do it. That's why I wanted it. (laughs) Let's see. Let's see. I can keep going. I can just pick every single player off the team and give them an award. (laughs) Um, is the, the what are you doing here award it goes to Alonzo Trier in the fourth quarter of the <laughs> the Wizards game uh. let's see uh, alright I, I, I think I've come up with a little something alright this is the uh, what am I supposed to expect with this guy 
award. <laughs> and I don't think it's going where you think. Like, so this this is going to, to uh, well, any guesses, first of all. Kevin gonna, Knox. Yeah. Is that, uh, is that Bob, everyone's guess? Bobby Portis. Are you giving it to the coach? No, I'm actually. Taj Gibson. I'm actually giving it to Taj Gibson, correct. Because uh, I just, like, don't quite know what I'm supposed to be looking for when he's literally on the court. I don't know what return he'd potentially get at the deadline. I think I like him, but also like, it's not like he's playing a whole lot of minutes and the things he's always been good at isn't exactly tangible from looking at a box score. Uh, and his main thing is sending good screens. So I don't really know. Like just what am I supposed to expect now? What, what am I looking for? I don't yeah, know. That's, that's fair. Cause he starts and then you'll see that he played 14 minutes in the game and then you're just confused at the end of it. Is I'm it? with you. Like he's like Maybe should just play Mitch. I guess I don't know, but also like build up Gibson's value. But also, does it make a difference if he's starting but only playing ten minutes? Yeah, and what G- Gibson's also the guy who you're like, do we trade this guy? I mean, he seems like the actual like good veteran for the team. I know we say that you want to keep some good veterans around, but he's like the actual one that you think would be useful in a locker room. But I don't know. Like, I'm with you. I think yeah. you did a perfect job with your award. I'll give you an award for best award right now, pre- preemptively. <laughs> and I gave two awards. <laughs> now, you gave, now you gave three. <laughs> Tom, Tom, do you want to go, or do you want me to, to make something up on the spot? Because I'm not I, – I, we do this every week, and somehow I was still unprepared. I was unprepared, too, but I'll, I'll give an award. I'll, I'll call it the Please Frank Make a Shot Award. And this is going to go to Frank Nielakina. Oh. <laughs> so, Frank, since Mike Miller took over, this is an 11-game sample. I, I could probably make this a career-wide sample if I wanted to, but I just wanted <laughs> to focus specifically on since Miller took over because that's kind of the era that we're focusing most on. He's shooting 35.6% from the field on four shot attempts per game, 28% from three on just over two threes per game. And he's and this is all in 16 minutes per game, but he's just I don't know, guys. I, I it's starting to get pretty dicey with him. Like it, at some point, a guy has to like show flashes of making shots, and he has not done it. I know he's only 21. I it's it's just like you want to keep him in for his defense, but even like against the Wizards, Ish Smith just kept torching him. I think that was an anomaly, but it happened just over and over again. And I was like, this this is, does not look good for our guy, Frank. And, uh, again, I, I said it before, and I'm just going to keep really looking to see how he does in his minutes and, and hope that Miller can get something out of him because, I don't know, the, the numbers say one thing, and then my eyes say, like, he should be able to make a shot. Like, he, he should be able to do it. And uh, and he just consistently doesn't. So it's kind of a bummer. My, my award's kind of a downer. I want to – you guys, I assume you know where I'm going with this because blind Frank. Kenny's going to say Frank actually has made all of those shots. <laughs> I so. didn't watch these games, but yeah. uh. <laughs> I didn't watch any of the games, but Frank made all the shots that you said that he missed. No, um, <laughs> Frank is for the season shooting 33.8% from three, which isn't great, but it's above my 33.3%. Like you're allowed to just shoot whenever you want line um, because 
for those of you who are not maths people or anything, uh, shooting from 33.3% from three is the same as shooting 50% from the field because the points are worth more. Um, so I think that's that's not bad. I f feel like that's a good thing. And it's actually shooting better than both Damian and Dotson and Wayne Ellington for the season, among others. And I will say that, like, the, the looks that Frank takes are typically much more open than, like, I mean, Dotson takes some hard ones, right? Like, he's sprinting around screens. He's, like, trying to get the defense to react. He's just, like, more of a dynamic three-point shooter on the move. And, yeah, his his average has been trash. And so same with Wayne Ellington. But both those guys, like, force the defense to, to react to them because they're moving around so much and they're, they're taking shots off screens. Frank is usually just station stationary, just, like, waiting for someone to kick it out to him. Every once in a while, he'll pull up on his own. But he has to, but like someone will have had to have gone way under the screen for him to pull up on a three. So I, I it's kind of not necessarily comparing apples to apples there. It's just but, He's playing but, within himself. He's playing within himself, within the offense. I, I wish you were playing within, some, within someone else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. If, if uh, Ellington and... and Dotson are so good at shooting; they'd be making more shots. No, I mean, um, we, we, we do. We have to go on an Ellington tangent right now. No, Wayne no, Ellington no, no. is a guy I haven't um, thought of in a while. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just playing around at this point. Although, um, looking at the, this last week, Frank was 37.5 percent from three. Uh, so I think he made three out of. Two, four, six, eight—I don't know, something like yeah. three, four, eight. Um, but yeah, no, I'd like—I, I am—I'm with you. I, I know I—I'm the blind defender, but like I like to—I would like to see him, you know, consistently making shots. And because um, right now it's every once in a while he'll have a good shooting game, and then he'll go four games having bad shooting games. But I would like to see it consistently. And yeah. he's got his confidence. He looks more confident when he shoots he just misses the shot at the end so next year's the so year they start being made yeah, yeah. So that's progress it's yeah. you can only do one thing at a time one thing per year last year he stopped passing the ball to the other team this year <laughs> he, he looks confident next year he makes baskets yeah let's say every every off season you work on one thing one hole in your game so um, I guess I'll take an award, and I was I had I had two in mind. Uh, one was a negative one, and one was a positive one. Um, I'm going to do a positive one because the last one was so negative, uh, and that's going to be the I will always love you award, and uh, that's going to go to Mitchell Robinson because I will always love him. Um, he had himself a, a pretty good week. With uh, I just lost all the stats that I had in front of me. But they have been good. He's been making his shots. He's been yeah, he's dominant. Been making his shots. He's yeah, fouled a lot less. That's yeah. why I didn't give him the "Please, Frank, make your shots" award. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna gonna become a regular award, and it's not gonna be Frank every week, hopefully. But it it could be. Um, so this week he uh, averaged eight point three points, ten point seven rebounds, and three point three blocks in just twenty one minutes a game. So again, extrapolate that. Yeah, that's good. I mean, we all love Mitch just because even after last year for about half a season, he was the only reason to watch the team play basketball. Yeah, and uh, he was third on the team in plus-minus per game at a positive 10. 
behind Julius Randle and F- Alfred Payton, but he played 10 minutes less per game than Alfred Payton and 15 minutes ga- per game less than Julius Randle in that time span. So go Mitch. You know, it's kind of weird. We've been talking for what feels like two hours, but uh, we have not talked that much about Kevin Knox or RJ. That Barrett. was going to be my, my negative talk was going to be about Kevin Knox. Cause I just don't know what he does, but I decided to go positive because I want to end on a positive note, but it sounds like you want to take us a negative tone. No, I'm just saying next week let's let's find some. I mean, I have nothing to say about them right now, at least nothing that positive. So like, let, let's. Uh, I mean, there are 19 year old and 20 year old lottery draft picks, and like they're the guys that we should, you know, beyond Mitch, like those are the two guys we should be looking at the most in terms of their development. So I don't know. I think I think just for this upcoming, like looking forward for this upcoming week, I'm gonna really be looking at Barrett and Knox and seeing how they're progressing. Yeah, and R.J. Barrett was hitting some threes this week, which yeah. has been a little inconsistent, but it looked good this week. He had good he was, timing uh, on them too. Forty-six point two percent, three for two five again in that second Wizards game. Yeah. Two for four in the the first Wizards game. He was one averaging four. one two for four in the next game. Yeah, there you go. So. The one in the it, it was like with just over two minutes to go against the Wizards last night. Like at the time, felt like a big shot to be made, and he knocked down that three. Yeah. Um, so that was that's good. what we needed. Yeah, that was good. All right. So last thing to talk about, I think. Naturally, three games next week. We play the Blazers at Madison Square Garden. We play the Suns, who just lost ten games in a row or something, and then they won against the Kings yesterday. So now they didn't win, lose 10 games in a row. And then they play the Clippers. So, one home game against the Blazers, two away games on a West Coast trip. Uh, Clippers game is a back-to-back. Or no, no, it's not. Sorry. Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. What do you guys got? Wednesday, January 1st. This is after a late-night partying at One Oak <laughs> to celebrate the new year. And, uh... The Mellow Return game, right? Mellow Return yeah. game. Mellow will also be at One Oak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got the Knicks going uh, a sneaky two out of three. Whoa. That would a be sneaky two out of three because I think they're going to they're gonna blindside the, the Blazers with that One Oak situation because you know Dame's going to be out there. Dame Lillard's going to be out there. Uh, CJ McCollum. Carmelo's going to show them all around New York, and they're going to get wild, and then, bam, blindsided by the Knicks. Perfect. Yeah. And you Mello's think they're going to beat the Suns or the Clippers? His... Clippers, obviously. They can't beat the Suns. No, well, the thing about the Suns, Tom, you're stupid for asking that. The thing about the Clippers <laughs> is maybe Kawhi will sit that game, and then it's, then that makes it you know easier. No, if Kawhi and Paul George and Montrezl Harrell and Lou Williams, if they, like, pull a Wizards and they sit everybody, I think. Then we have a 50-50 chance. <laughs> if if their seven best players are out, there's a good shot. If, okay. look, this, is a, this is a good game to play for the Knicks. If every team in the league lost their seven best players, oh, that's fun. where did the Knicks make the playoffs? That's Knicks got to keep their seven best. That's nice. That's it's funny because at the beginning of the season, Jake's question was if every team lost their best player, <laughs> would the Knicks, like, how would they do? And now it's the seven best. That took a major major leap. but uh, That's good. Um, it's 500. The, the Knicks will be, when they play the Blazers, they'll have a four-day rest. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Three-day rest. 
So they'll be well-rested from basketball, but not from life. Yes, so they'll be coming off a basketball hiatus of three days and a parting hiatus of about 12 hours or so. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's a good mix. You know, I just thought about it. Uh, we have watched the last Nick game of this decade. I what, a, what a decade it was. We were good. <laughs> we were good for one season, and that's that's really all I remember. Good riddance. Bring on the next one. So Kenny said two and one. I'll say not two and one. Uh, what do you think, Tom and David? I think not two and one is a better guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, it's because you guys got three different options now. You got I know. three and oh, one and two, or oh and three, and I just got the one. Obviously, you have better odds. Well, you had the first. You had you picked first. And I, I don't know that three and oh is actually an option here, but I I'll say I I mean I'll take the obvious one and I'll say one and two and say that they will go to Phoenix and win that game. Um, I think it's the one that they have the best shot at winning. Even though I'm not looking at the Western standings, the Trailblazers might be worse. They're 14 the and 19. No, the Trailblazers have bounced back in have recent they? weeks. They got off to there. a really bad start, and then Melo's Mel- kind of turned yeah. them around all by himself okay. with well. no other players at all. Um, wow. Okay, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, that's right. So, so. All right, so so Big Baby David and Greg, that there's two more options for – that you guys get to pick. One of you gets to pick 0-3 and, and the other one I pick 0-3. There's a I'll pretty pick. good chance that they go 0-3. I'll pick 3 now. I oh. think – well, I think, like – I feel like 0-3 is the most likely option, first of all, because it's the Knicks. Um, but also just uh, – I think Melo's going to be jazzed for that Portland game. I think the Blazers are better and playing better than the Knicks, um, which can be said every year ever. But uh, then the the Phoenix game feels kind of like a trap game because they're uh, they're a sneaky good team, and it's the first game of the West Coast trip, and the Knicks don't do well in any games of any West Coast trip, generally speaking, uh, especially the first ones. And then the the Clippers are a title contender, so if they're not resting their seven best players, the chances are way less than fifty fifty. So I'll go three and zero. So the Suns. <laughs> The Suns the lost happens. lost eight games in a row, and then they just beat the Kings by two, as I mentioned. Blazers, um, they're, they're they've turned it around, but two they're still fourteen and nineteen still. And, and they've lost they've lost three in a row. Yeah, including you know whatever something just happened where Melo took the last shot when he shouldn't have, although he got fouled, kind of looked like, but whatever it doesn't affect me. He's on not our team anymore, so we're gonna beat him. Then the Clippers will assume that they rest Kawhi that game. Load management. And they've um, lost one in a row. <laughs> yeah. And the so, Knicks have won two in a row. So we've got Lady Mo on our side. Can I change my one and two prediction? No, because no, we all no, had we an option. we each had to pick one. All right. So, Kenny, I guess I'll go in order. Greg, three and zero. Oh, Kenny, two and one. Tom, one and two. David, zero oh and three. I'm, keep, I'm keeping track. I'm keeping track of these. Whoever and is the most wrong is, will no longer be on the pod. <laughs> oh man, I, I <laughs> wish I wish I picked oh. three and zero. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's what we got for this week. Unless there's any final thoughts. I think we covered it all. We had a good talk. Next week we'll talk more about Knox and Barrett. In the interim, uh, leave a five star review if you'd like. We're still looking for Marco. If you want your shirt, please 
please just tweet at us and we'll get it to you. Um, follow us on Twitter at Talking Nicks. I believe it's at Talking Nicks on Instagram as well. Tom writes good stuff at Tom underscore Piccolo, I believe. Um, he he does good stuff. Tweet at him. Tweet us questions. Talk to us. I think next week we're going to ask for questions. So if you just have questions for us, just tweet them at us at any point in time during the week in case we forget to ask for questions. Other than that, Knicks 2-1, and one, back in the playoff hunt. Let's, <laughs> let's go Knicks. Knicks tape.